My name is Victor Kubik, President of the United Church of God. Welcome back to Inside United. With me is Dr. Stephen Britt. We had part one of a program dealing with DNA and dealing with the building blocks of life itself. And we introduced some subjects like DNA, the gene, the genome, chromosome, and a lot of other things that just kind of set the stage for more that we want to discuss here. So welcome to part two. All right. Thank you, Vic. We're ready for round two here on DNA. Okay. Now, one of the subjects that we just, just barely gave a lick and a promise to, and the promise is going to be fulfilled here, is what about random mutation? Uh, we know that mutations happen, but why would God make a code that was susceptible to these mutations in the first place? Because they're there, and, and mm -hmm. if everything is supposed to be kind of functioning you know, as, as it is, uh, why would all of a sudden there be something different be introduced. Uh, I'm going to take this back to the mathematical origins of information theory and the idea of communicating a message, any message over any medium you can think of, whether we're talking about language or whether you're talking about Morse code over a teletype or anything like that. There's always noise in the channel itself. All right. So every once in a while, uh, no matter how we're transmitting information, uh, nothing comes across perfectly because we don't live in a perfect world. Now, what's really amazing about DNA is that um, even though it's copied these many, many times, I think in the in the course of you know a human DNA being transferred to uh, our physical descendants, it's copied something like twenty or thirty times. Uh, I haven't fact checked that for myself, but uh, but when I was looking into it, that, that was about the number. And each time you're copying human DNA, you're copying the entire genome, which we mentioned last mm -hmm, time. It's mm -hmm. about six billion base pairs, right? So every once in a while, one's going to end up wrong. Well, it turns out that across this entire DNA replication process, uh, you know, changing over these 6 billion base pairs that 20 or 30 times, you end up with only uh, about one random mutation, one base pair that's changed, only one rung out of 6 billion in the DNA ladder being copied all these many times uh, that ends up changed at all. And uh, compared to any information technology system that we have, that is ridiculously low. I, I mean, it, it's lower than we could ever hope to achieve um, on uh, computers, but it, it is still there. It is still there. Now, um, now uh, that, that's kind of a reason why it's there. The, the answer specifically to why it's there is because we live in an imperfect world. Uh, but the reality is that uh, the, the noise, so to speak, in that transmission channel that God created is, uh, is so incredibly small that it, it doesn't really have an effect, which is a big contrast, actually, to how scientists view things. The thinking that, oh, well, these random mutations, that's how we get the diversity of life. And that's how, you know, frogs developed into sheep eventually, mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever scenario they want to play out. Uh, but it turns out, actually, that th these mutation levels are so low that it's hard to make a meaningful change to an organism that way. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because uh, even the mutations that do come along, they're not uh, destructive from the standpoint. I know that if I have a program that I'm loading on the computer yeah. <laughs> and you have you have corrupt code, the whole thing crashes. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and, and that's a great example. It, you know, um, we, we talk about human coding systems and even our computer languages. I, I spoke last time about how DNA is a universal code, right? There's only one programming language in the natural world, uh, and that's the DNA code. 
nematode. It's the, the same set of instructions or genes in one organism would be determining the same proteins in another organism. doesn't matter if it's a bacteria or a sheep. I'm stuck on sheep today. I don't know why. Maybe <laughs> because they cloned one back in the 90s. But, but yeah, these uh, mutations. So, so computer codes, there's a lot more things uh, that can go wrong than can go right, mm-hmm. if you know yeah. what I mean. Right. Um, so if we look at any designed object, it tends to be that way, whether it's a computer program that you've written, if you've got a bug in the code and you have to search and search and search for it, one little piece was out of place and it caused the whole thing to be non-functional, mm-hmm. essentially. It can't run. Irreducible complexity. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're getting towards irreducible complexity uh, a bit. So similarly, so that's why I said a computer program can't run if something like that happens. Well, if you've got some defect in your DNA that describes how your leg's supposed to be built, you, built, you literally can't run, mm-hmm. right? An organism that can't run can't survive. And if it can't survive, it can't pass on its genetic material to the next generation. And then from an evolutionary standpoint, that's all there is, is passing on the material to the next generation. So uh, so you're right. These random mutations tend to be destructive and harmful mm-hmm. rather than some great engine of evolution or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, there's even some more marvelous things about just how that information is stored. Some of it is kind of forwards and backwards, and some of it is kind of coded in there with yeah. a hidden message and so forth. Can you maybe tell us about some of the, perhaps the humorous side of God? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, and it's incredible, really. This is even more modern findings just in the last couple of decades of genetics research where they've come to understand that um, – DNA as a code is far more complicated than just reading off a set of instructions linearly, right? Because that was the first thing that was understood about how DNA worked is that the RNA would split the DNA strands in half and it would read it sequentially, one rung at a time until it got to the end of a gene and that cut it off and made a protein and go to the next one and you know make all the things that it needs. Well, it turns out it's far more complicated. So not only there are a lot of different ways that's done, it's not just linearly, but there are sometimes ciphers used. So for example, if you watch uh, a spy movie and or, or something like that, someone's trying to get a message out without anybody else being able to read it, they'll write a letter or something. And it it's, reads just like a normal letter would read about you know the weather or something. But if you take the first letter of every Every line, for example, it spells out a hidden message like, you know, meet me at dawn or, or something like this. Well, it turns out in DNA, there are ciphers like that where you have a hidden message aside from just the linear message of DNA. So it can be understood in multiple levels, the same way that a spy code might be understood uh, with a cipher like that. There are also cases where uh, there's this phenomenon called backmasking, where sometimes a DNA strand, if it's read forwards, it gives you a message to create a certain type of protein, but it can also be read backwards. And this is done, in fact, by cells, not just that it can be, but is done. Uh, these sophisticated codes that uh, are able to encode a very high density of information. If you think about something like this backmasking, how, how hard is it for us sometimes to even construct a sentence forwards, but let alone one that, you know, a human mm-hmm. sentence, uh, uh, English language sentence that can be read backwards and have some information. It's almost like an art form to sit down and and write something like that, again, takes deliberate thought and planning and indicates a designer at work doing this, not just something that happened. It's interesting. I, I 
toured a water treatment facility. Uh, one of our one of my friends was the director of a whole shift mm-hmm. in one of our major cities in the country of the water treatment system, and we st- and I spent a whole work shift with him on it. Well, the water comes in pretty filthy, you know, into, <laughs> in, into a plant. We walked through the whole process and came out on the other end. We actually drank a glass of water, you know, from the water yeah, treatment yeah. plant. It was delicious, and so forth. <laughs> but the point that he made here, and this is what I'm getting to, is that he said the water that you are drinking right now has been reused and reused tens of millions of times. Mm-hmm. And these H2O molecules have not been corrupted. They, they're there. They, they are the same ones, you know, from back there. They, this, this is it. And it's just amazing the durability of those elements. You know, something I was reminded of when we were talking about uh, how DNA is like a, an information transmission system. Like, for example, what allows a CD to play in your car, or, well, it used to, that's a little antiquated, I guess now, but, but, <laughs> but what would allow a CD to play in your car without skipping uh, are these error correcting codes where, uh, say, I don't just send the message, I send a little bit of extra information along with it so that if something goes wrong, it can be automatically corrected and understood by the person on the other side. So one way to do this, just a simple example, is if I wanted to send you the message banana. All right. So one thing I could do is I could say banana, 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 banana. And uh, you would know on your end that, well, he's going to send whatever the message is four times. So if you hear banana, 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 bonono, mm-hmm. you know that the bonono was wrong and you yeah. go with the majority yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, we see that kind of error correcting mechanism. And that's a very inefficient example. That's not actually what DNA does. And it's not actually what computer scientists do. But that's the basic idea that you can have a self-correcting transmission system. And DNA has that built in. And uh, DNA and the code involved and just the intricacy of how it all works is an elegant system. Uh, Something like that is not seen ever just arising uh, anywhere else, you know, except in DNA. And I, I very clearly think that's evidence of a creator who made it fearfully and wonderfully. All the physical stuff, so to speak, is only just one indicator of something even broader, because God is love, and God is one who does it for a purpose of, of caring. And in a sense, all this replication is a replication of himself. Yeah, and I, I think the to that point, we, we see all of this design, and that's all part of how we function and how we are who we are and how we're able to do these things. But if you think about God creating these things with a purpose and what that purpose is, you know, the Bible tells us that God's purpose is to bring many sons to glory. And so he created us in a way that we could understand things like right and wrong. And we have the physical ability to do right and wrong and to understand the difference, to come to know him. And, uh, you know, he gave us, it's like God at every step gives us enough capacity to draw a little closer to him. Uh, that's our whole discussion about the spirit of man. That, that's what that's about. That's what our intelligence is about and our capacity to reason is about. It's about us being imbued with enough understanding and reasonability to start to understand God a little bit more, a little bit more. And then we get the spirit of God in us, and that opens up spiritual understanding that we didn't mm-hmm. have before. And we get to know God a little more and a little more. And the whole thing really is a development process of God bringing us to be more and more like him, both in practice as well as capacity. And that's very exciting. One of the big things right now that um, scientists are trying to do, even with the new web satellite, the James Webb satellite that's going up there, is to discover life 
extraterrestrial. Right, the telescope is going to replace telescope. the Hubble. The, the Hubble, that one is going to replace the Hubble. One of its pr primary purposes is to discover extraterrestrial life. Searching for life in all the wrong places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there is a, an extraterrestrial life force out there, and we read about it in the Bible. That's God. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, people want some uh, to fulfill some fantasy there by looking for extraterrestrial life when, in fact, it mm -hmm. is revealed to us. And you mentioned, um, you know, this isn't a matter of being some super smart intellectual person or, you know, someone who's not as smart. It's a matter of God's individual revelation to us of who he is and the reality that he is out there. And when you have that as a base, then science not only has its place, but it has its context where you're not denying evidence, you are supporting evidence. You find things that support it. Right. And it doesn't take away from the... Uh, Knowledge it doesn't take away from the facts, the senses, and so right. forth from it. It enhances them. And uh, you know, there's an important distinction there. Knowledge only goes so far until someone gets hungry for meaning, because meaning goes beyond knowledge, and that's what we we ultimately have through an understanding of God and uh, and His role as the Creator. Because without a Creator, everything devolves into meaninglessness. Mm -hmm. And that meaning. I guess you might say is either a synonym or just a stepping stone to purpose. Right. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been a fascinating discussion because it opens to me vistas to something much greater. Okay, well, thank you for joining us on Inside the United. Come back for more very soon. This is a production of the United Church of God. For more, visit ucg.org.